Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you guys so much for joining us at Directionally Challenged. Well, if you haven't noticed, it's summertime. Everyone is on some sort of adventure. Gosh, is everyone in Europe? It feels like everyone's in Europe. Like everyone's in Europe, right? Well, I'm not in Europe. Kayla's not in Europe, but it's still summertime and we have a lot going on. Um, Kayla's still in her maternity leave and um, I'm going to be traveling for the next couple weeks. So we're actually going to be rerunning a few episodes of Directionally Challenged. We hope that you enjoy them and we will be back in your ear pods, your AirPods, your computer, your phone, wherever you listen to us very soon. So take care of yourselves and we'll be back in a few weeks. Hey guys, it's Candace and Kayla, and we are directionally challenged. Yep, we thought we would have it all figured out by the time we were in our 30s. But surprise, we do. We don't. We do. We don't. No, we, we don't. don't. Were you about to say we do? I was going to say we do not. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> we do not. Um, today, though, we're going to uh, take a jump back from our 30s into our childhood and talk a little bit about cartoons and how much they held a special place in our hearts. Kayla, did you watch a lot of cartoons when you were growing up? I mean, I am not just saying this, but most of the cartoons I watched growing up were voiced by our guest. This is not uh, me just saying this because she she came on our podcast. When we were researching her, I realized how many characters this single wonderful woman voiced and how much influence she had on me growing up. I, I genuinely Rugrats was one of my all time favorite cartoons. Inspector Gadget was one of my all-time favorite cartoons. The list goes on and on and on. Candace, what what was did you have specific characters that you watched growing up that you feel really influenced you? I definitely realized how much TV I watched growing up. Like I currently, I know I talk about a lot on this podcast how much TV I consume. And I realized even in my childhood, I consumed a lot of television. I mean, I watched every TGIF. Like Family Matters, uh, Full House, um, Step by Step. I watched all the Nickelodeon shows with like mm-hmm. Keenan and Kel and all that. The Amanda mm-hmm. Bynes show. Uh, Clarissa Explains It All. Uh, Alex Mack. Like oh, I watched yeah. all of them. And then once I got older, I was like all the WB shows with like Felicity and Dawson's Creek and Everwood. I just was always growing up watching TV and cartoons. I really loved exactly Rugrats. I watched Doug. I watched Ren and Stimpy. Like I realize now looking back how much TV like I watched and, and, and like comforted me and and how big of a role that played into why I really loved entertaining and performing. Mm-hmm. And then once I kind of got bit by the bug of wanting to become an actress, how much that idea excited me because of all of these shows that I had watched growing up that kind of, you know, defined me and how it is important to see yourself in the shows that you watch. And that's another big conversation um, that we want to have with our guests today. Yeah, I mean, I think we've known for years, but only in the last decade or so has representation in children's media become a major priority for networks. I mean, when Candace and I were growing up, we saw ourselves in so many of the shows and were influenced by it. And now, only now, are we having this conversation about how everyone should be represented. We know a lot of people saw in the news that Kristen Bell stepped down from a role where she was voicing a non-white character and same as Jenny Slate. And this is something that's been happening for a long time. And we are excited to talk to Cree Summers about it and get her perspective on this, not only what the industry was like years ago, but what it's like now and the changes that are being made in order to have a sense of equality. Cree Summer is an actress, musician and a voice actress. She's known for her role as college student Winifred Freddie Brooks on the NBC sitcom A Different World. She's also known as the voice actress for voicing Penny in Inspector Gadget, Elmira Duff in Tiny Toon Adventures, Susie Carmichael on Rugrats, and All Grown Up, Princess Kidda in Atlantis The Lost Empire, Valerie Gray in Danny Phantom, Foxy Lovin' Drawn Together, Number 5, and Cree Lincoln in Codename Kids Next Door, Cleo the Dog and Clifford the Big Red Dog. Guys, the point is, she has voiced hundreds of roles 
that you probably don't even realize you were listening to Cree Summer. We also get to talk to Cree about her recently reprised role, uh, Lenny on Pamela Adlon's Better Things and their friendship. We also touch on her career as a musician and her current role as a writer in the writer's room on Better Things. You know, Kayla, I always like to find kind of an ongoing theme within this podcast. And one that is continuing is that we're sitting down with guests who talk about not just one singular career, but a whole bunch of different accomplishments that they've had within their life and different pivots that they've had. And and specifically, Cree tells us about her own pivots where it wasn't just voice acting that she's Mm -hmm. done in her career. And it wasn't just on screen roles. It was also music. And she even talks about where she's at today. Right. She's also done directing and she's one of the first female black animation directors. And she's going to continue to do this as well. And she's found this newfound love for directing and and not only directing, she's writing and in the writer's room and now back to acting on screen. And it's just truly inspiring. So without further ado, here is our conversation with the incredible Cree Summer. Cree Summer, we are so excited to be sitting down with you today. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. So before I came over here uh, to jump on the Zoom call, I actually put on Rugrats for my five-year-old, and uh, which I'm so excited to talk to you about. But I immediately... The second hearing that little like piano opening number that I immediately just was like, ah, it was like a sigh of relief and like a hug of my childhood. Like it just felt so comforted. And it just reminded me that cartoons can just shape so much of our childhood experience. And then our childhood can shape so much of our adult identity. And so I just want to start off simply asking what TV shows and characters shaped your childhood? Ooh, what an interesting question. Well, I didn't have a TV growing up. I grew up on an Indian reservation. So not too much TV shaped my childhood. Um, we didn't have any running water electricity. So uh, not until we moved to the city uh, and landed in Toronto did I start. Uh, we still didn't have a TV. I had to go to friends' houses to watch TV. And uh, then I was heavily influenced by Fonzarelli, Arthur Fonzarelli mm-hmm. and Pinky Tuscadero oh, wow. and uh, Susie Quattro as Leather Tuscadero. I thought Pinky and Leather were the tits. And um, I remember an episode of Fonzie and Pinky riding their motorcycles together and doing wheelies. And uh, my mother was with me and my mother has a memory of me turning to her and saying, now that's real love. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that I had to have a man that rode a motorcycle. And uh, what else? I was heavily influenced by Hong Kong Fui, Scatman Crothers, heavily influenced by Underdog and Plastic Man. My first, another big crush of mine was Plastic Man for some weird reason. (laughs) Uh, Captain Caveman, Josie and the Pussycats, Mm. uh, Wacky Racers. Um, those were my favorite cartoons. Mm. There's so many good ones. I also want to bring up Inspector Gadget, Penny, so heavily influenced who I am now today. And so when I had realized it was you who voiced her, I just, I, I personally have to thank you for shaping (laughs) 
who I am. It's so true. And um, but before we get into all of that, I really want to discuss your childhood. Um, before we got on the mic, you talked about growing up in Saskatchewan, and my husband is from Saskatchewan, Canada. No one is from Saskatchewan. When I read this, I, I was freaking out. I just was like, wait a minute, someone else from Saskatchewan. So, what was your life experience like, like there? I know you kind of uh, touched on it a bit, not having television. You grew up on an Indian reservation. Um, I feel like you have this childhood that almost is its own story, its own cartoon. Um, can you delve into it a little bit more for us? All right. Uh, my father fell in love with a tribe of Indians called the Plains Cree Indians, my namesake. Mm. And uh, I grew up on Red Pheasant Reservation in Saskatchewan uh, with the Plains Cree Indians, where I lived till I was seven years old. And uh, my father built the house we lived in out of mud. It was a mud house with a loft, one-room house with no electricity or running water. We had a cast iron stove and an outhouse. Now, the weather Mm. in Saskatchewan is extreme. It can get to minus 40. It is. And on the tundra, on the plains, there's nothing. Just a a wind that'll cut your your, uh, nose off. That's it. And so you have your mud house in minus 40. I mean, I picture, how do you guys sit? Incredibly warm with a cow, with a, we had had a cast iron stove and uh, that ran on firewood and uh, incredibly cozy, incredibly warm. That's why a traditional mud house is uh, very insular. Uh, um, and uh, yeah, it's just fine. I don't remember feeling adversity towards the weather. I don't remember feeling adversity towards anything because mm-hmm. if it's all you know, it's just what you know. And I guess if I looked at it objectively now, it would seem like a rugged childhood. But at the time, it's just a childhood. Yeah. Yeah. Did you find yourself um, living in your own imagination? Very much so. I mean, I remember there was a little town in Saskatoon called North Battleford, yep. which is four blocks. Your husband, your husband knows about it. But there was a hotel there called the Besborough Inn, probably a half star hotel, and we would go there, or maybe it was a motel, but we would go there maybe once a month, and I could have a bath and watch a TV set, and that was. To me, we were going to stay, you know, with the queen. It was like going <laughs> fancy. I thought I was very fancy at the Besborough Inn. <laughs> it's all about perspective. It's all about perspective. But I do think that the lack of television contributed to my uh, my imagination and ability to create characters. And also a voracious appetite for books mm. yeah. and placement of the TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't go to school. So also, I think, unbeknownst to me, my parents were educating me through giving me a love of reading. But I had no formal education until the fourth grade. And so when you talk about moving to the city later on, um, when you would go to your friends' houses to watch television, um, the city you're referring to is Toronto. So you guys yes. went all the way to the opposite side yes. of Canada. Um, and I'm assuming then it was around fourth grade is when you yes and so um you lived there and and your parents are were artists as well um my mother's were uh just my 84 year old mother just booked a tv show today 
Yeah. Oh my Congratulations gosh, that's amazing. Congratulations to her. Wow. Hellcat, we call her, but her name is Amy Franks, but we call her Hellcat. And my brother, Rainbow Sun, who's an actor, mm-hmm. just called me, and also with uh, Untitled, so we're all up. Okay. Into- yeah. <laughs> Rainbow Sun just called me to say, Mama booked a gig today. So. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah, still doing it. But so, so you're in Toronto and then, um, at what point do you then start exploring? And I don't even know if it was conscious to you to like, okay, I'm going to start auditioning to be in the industry. Did you, were you doing performances as a kid? Did, were you doing theater? Did you want to be an actor or actress? Oh, I knew there... I was going to be an actor. I actually, I thought I was going to be a rock star was my real plan was to be a singer and a songwriter. But my father, as soon as we got to Toronto, quickly established himself as a working actor and quickly became a very, very popular in voiceover. Mm. And so it was pure nepotism that got me auditions, uh, voiceover auditions. And that's how I started. And then quickly went on to on camera and singing every commercial jingle that came down the pike. But it was nepotism. It wasn't, you know, because I was special. I was just the daughter of the right person in the right Mm. place, you know. Eventually, I got good. (laughs) I mean, there's also a level of talent required, too. I mean, I'm sure you have that natural nepotism can get you through the door, but if you want (laughs) baby, then you got to have something to offer. Yeah. (laughs) So there's a really important discussion we want to have with you. Um, We read a great article in The Hollywood Reporter that you were a part of, and we just love to get your perspective from someone who's had such great success in the industry of why representation is crucial in modern media and it it's just so important for children to see characters that look like them and their families represented in a positive light have have you seen change happen i mean you started at such a young age has there been a huge change within the last decade within the last year within the last year <sighs> only the last year more than the last decade i would say to be honest right. i mean i think well, the disparity is still so great. You know? <laughs> it's still a whitewashed world. And that, of course, is going to go into the world of children's programming. And don't forget, cartoons aren't just for children. There's a right. huge percentage of adults that love cartoons and comic books. And it's still underrepresented. It's because of the, the big bosses are still Caucasian men. And I- until the creators are people of color with tits, it's going to be what it is, you know? Yeah. And still the underestimation of how many the t- children of all colors and genders want to watch cartoons. I mean, the right. assumption that every superhero is just a little white boy. I mean, it's just outmoded and it's tired. And you talked about it. This is where it starts, where we establish that we're important and that we are members of this global Uh, We are members of this planet. It all starts with the images you see as a kid. And if you don't see yourself, you're not a part of the world. Right. Were you aware of that when you were younger and starting to audition for voiceover? Was it like, especially even referring to no? No, I was just a kid. I mean, I was thrilled because I was going to have enough money to buy my own shit. Yeah. That's about as political as I think it was, was like, Oh, if I do this job, I can get my own bike. And I'm so, you know, and I'm, <laughs> All right, fuck yeah, I'm in. 
I'm in. Was there a turning point though, where you all of a sudden realized of course, that it was unfair? Yeah. Of course. I mean, eventually you get to the point where you realize that all you're auditioning for is black characters. And then there's only five of them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And then you're on. Then thank God, I am so lucky that I get to audition for white characters as well. But it's not all often, and uh, it it's just a limiting place to be, you mm-hmm. know. And the the beautiful thing would just be if there could be an equality about it. If there were just equal amounts black, native, Asian, uh, Polynesian, indigenous characters then yeah, it would be no thing you know but yeah. if there's only one black character per show or every five shows what you gonna do right yeah right white people playing those characters from time to time which is like bananas Yes, which we saw a lot of last year. There were headlines of, you know, Jenny Slate was stepping down from her role voicing a biracial character on Netflix's big show, Big Mouth. Um, Io Edebrie took over that role appropriately. Yes. So talented. There were so many um, other characters where I don't think, you know, as someone who doesn't watch animation, I didn't really, or at least uh, these adult animated shows, I didn't really know that there were characters like um, Alison Brie voicing a Vietnamese-American character on uh, BoJack Horseman. I didn't know about these roles. So had you been seeing this happen for a really long time and had your own frustration? My yeah. entire existence? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. That's a long time. I'm 51 years old. It's a fucking long time. Yeah, so that is a fucking a, long time. It's a long time, especially <laughs> when you say you've only seen a change within the past year. The fact that it's 2021 and we're still having this conversation and you are only seeing change within the past year, I um, can't imagine how that feels. Yeah, it's not too shocking. I mean, Dante Wright was just murdered the other day in Brooklyn. What? What's the, why is everyone so, I think it's kind of audacious to be shocked, don't you ladies? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like, let's cut the shit. Right, a, a little black boy was just murdered for having a fucking air conditioning thing hanging from his um from his rear view mirror. So, do we are we shocked that there's racism in right. animation and television? There's yeah. racism in on um, in the planet. It is an unjust society we're living in. So it's going to permeate everything. Of course, it's going to permeate entertainment. You can't just drive down the street with an air freshener, right? Yeah. Right. It's such a simple thing. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com It's time to get more in 2024. I know for me, one of my goals is to feel really strong this year. And honestly, so far, so good because that's where 310 Nutrition comes in. It's helping me and our listeners in the new year with protein and super rich food products with so many options and flavors. Right now I have the chocolate bliss and caramel sundae and they are both so (laughs) delicious. I have to hide them from my husband so that he doesn't steal them too. They're a triplex protein blend, plant-based proteins that include pea, brown rice, and pumpkin that leave me feeling full. 310 Nutrition also has a hydrate electrolyte drink mix My favorite is the peach mango flavor. So not only am I hydrating and drinking water, I have an electrolyte blend, vitamin blend, and it's sugar-free. With one stick of hydrate mix into 16 ounces of water, and it can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water. Thank you. This way I can keep my resolution, keep feeling strong, have greater focus, feel refreshed, and maintain my hydration without having to drink as much. One of my favorite refreshing water enhancers they have is the lemonade flavor. It gives me energy. This one's also sugar-free. It's used with real lemons and it's pH balanced. And this also offers the same hydration as two to three bottles of water. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code CHALLENGED and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products that you know you'll use and will help you keep your resolution. So go to 310nutrition.com and use the code CHALLENGED right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310-nutrition.com and use code CHALLENGED. It's all the good stuff your body needs in flavors you crave. So be healthier effortlessly. back um i feel like the what cartoons can do in animation is limitless and there are so many characters and you have this beautiful quote um saying that the stories that animation can tell are limitless and it's why it's so imperative that everyone is represented and everyone is heard and you have such a love for your industry when you speak about it all of these quotes are just so (laughs) romantic and i hope that every individual feels this way about their job truly 
I wear my heart on my sleeve. And, uh, <laughs> and the one thing I will say that I, I think the reason I love cartoons, you, you know, I'm a real fan. I watch cartoons on purpose. I get my comic books bound in leather. I'm a real diehard fan. And one of the reasons is because I think cartoons do no harm. Mm. There are so few things, especially occupations in the world that do no harm. And so what an honor it is for me to be a part of this industry. I've been very blessed in this industry. And anything that can give kids an opportunity to see themselves in a fantastical way that gives... What am I going to be when I grow up? Maybe I'll fly. Maybe I'll be invisible. Maybe I'll run the planet. Maybe I'll be a villain, a supervillain. You know, I was a supervillain for years when I was a kid. Those were some of the greatest characters in the world to me. So much more exciting than the fucking princesses. Um, right, right. But, you know, but, but that's why it's so important that everybody sees themselves. I'm so lucky. A friend of mine, Carissa Valencia, just made an incredible all-Indigenous cartoon called Spirit Rangers. That's mm-hmm. out. So things are happening. Not fast enough for me. Right, I'm, yeah. Let's go. Come on, people. But things are happening. Change are happening. Yeah. Right. That's actually what I've wanted to ask you as well is it's when you read in the media that these people are stepping down from these roles, it's like, oh, good for them. But it, it, is there a feeling or I know reading it, I felt like, well, good for them, like I, they did win right, right. Yeah. And it felt yeah. like, well, is that enough? No. Like, why do they get to, you know, why are we applauding them kind of thing? It just seems so backwards. Well, all the fanfare of stepping down like you're doing good. Yeah. I wouldn't. I would have quietly gotten my ass out of the bar. <laughs> right. yeah. I would have snuck out a back door. Personally, I wouldn't. Have, I would have been like, get a load of me and my altruistic actions. You know, right? So there's this idea then of like finding ways to broaden, um, you know, hiring practices to broaden mentorships. How do we then continue this conversation to make anyone listening right now who's like, oh, I could do that. I want to do that. There's, I have an idea. I can. I think that there, what is it? Women in animation is creating a database, right? Where, and really anyone can enter their name. Is this correct? I don't know. I don't know okay. much about women in animation. Uh, okay. I, I did, but it sounds good to me. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. It seems like there, there's a database so that people can add them. Anyone can add themselves to it. And it's so then if a casting or a director or anyone is looking for a specific type of person, they can kind of, then it's kind of a free for all audition wise, which is beautiful because it is hard for someone who's not living in Los Angeles or New York or one of the key cities that has these voiceover well, opportunities easier. I mean, the good news, well, because of a global pandemic and because of technology, you can take, I like, I like every time I lean over, you realize that I'm a real class actor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Chris um, coming to us live from one of her bathrooms. From her my, toilet <laughs> yes, my daughters call it mama's toilet office. Um, but you, know, you can take so many incredible zoom classes now and we can separate the charlatans from the legitimates. And so, you know, the opportunities abound. I think it's just a matter uh, uh, well, the, Opportunities to learn abound, forgive me. I don't mm. want to mislead anybody that there's a bunch of jobs waiting for you. But uh, the opportunity to grow and learn and develop in this industries are, are starting to come uh, open up, yes. 
Right. Candace and I were having a conversation before this about how voiceover work seems sort of like this mystical thing that seems so magical and fun, but it's so hard to break into. I mean, there was a time when no one even gave a shit about who was doing voiceovers. Times have really changed. I mean, it was really an industry that was not even, was kind of poo-pooed, you know, um, back in the day. It's interesting watching it become a big deal. (laughs) You know, no, it's not easy to break into. I mean, I think it is a, a niche industry and I think it takes incredible skill. And I think it sometimes underestimated by outsiders is just sitting down and talking. Um, And I think people that attempt it have a very rude awakening on that mic when they get there and go, oh, shit. Yep. I will admit that I was one of those people. I was like, oh, fun. You know, I just popped out some babies. Maybe I'll just like you know, jump on the mic. And, and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is, you know, it's a full on the the character development that goes into it. And the nuance of, of just, you know, what, how you use and manipulate your voice. It's just, it's, it's a, it's a craft. It is truly a craft to be studied. Yes. Yeah. And I think the assumption is just, I've got a great Daffy Duck impression. Right. Oh, yeah, that doesn't cut it. And they just say, man, I can do this impression, that impression. You know, who do I call? Put me on. Right. And um, it's, of course, so much more to do with acting. I mean, you're, you're an actor and you have to embody a character and portray a story. For those of our listeners who are have no idea what voiceover work really is, can you paint a picture of pre-COVID when you would go into a studio and what the experience is like as a whole? Because we have really young listeners who um, God, so- from all over the world that really yeah. would probably have no idea what the, oh, it's the so experience much is like. Fun. I mean, you go in there and they put up a picture, give you a couple of pictures of your character, you see what they look like. And I mean, times have changed back in the day. You to go into a booth and there'd be maybe 12 or 13 people and you'd be really, I feel like you're doing a, a play, putting on mm. a play. But those days have really changed uh, since the pandemic and and technology's advancements. Now I find myself usually working alone, usually going into the booth and working by myself and now working from my toilet office. In the door. <laughs> um, but it's delightful. You know, you read through the script and you sometimes you find yourself talking to yourself if you're playing three characters <laughs> all in the same scene together. I've had situations where I'm the mom, the brother, and the daughter, you know, all sitting around a table together. <laughs> <laughs> do you then do one character at a time or will you go read each line and are you able to switch? Because that is such a challenge. And then sometimes you can switch. Okay. You know, you have to realize that I have been doing this for well, over 35 years. Yeah. So it really is second nature in a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Throughout those 35 years, what are some of your own personal favorite characters that you've played? Oh, God. Who, kind of, who stick with you and have like a special place in your heart? Oh, boy. I mean, I always loved Penny because that was the jump off. And uh, I love Elmira from Tiny Toons. I mean, <gasps> I squeeze you, kiss you and put little coins in your eyes and play funeral. (laughs) I love Princess Kida because I got to be a Disney queen. Mm. I love Fox of Love, you know. 
Mama didn't raise no fool, and Daddy didn't raise me at all. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm like on Kinsey. I love the Foxy. I love Number Five from Kid No. <laughs> I love Miranda Kilgallen from As Told by Gender because she's such a thunder sea, and I. Love, <laughs> uh, I loved being the end. I loved being the villain in As Told by Gender. And of course, our beloved Susie Carmichael, who really was one of the first black characters I ever played that just really looked like a little brown girl from around the way. Her little braids. Her little barrettes. And her little barrettes at the bottom, (laughs) which we all wore. And you're going to reprise that role as well because there's a new coming back the band is back together yeah. you know my <laughs> piano yeah when can we expect it out i'm so excited and now that yeah, candace and i are have moms, any it's... goddamn idea i I thought, <laughs> I thought it was coming sooner than it is they just started telling us we could talk about it brag about mm-hmm. it in public so well that's always fun i love it <laughs> i love it as a mother, what shows are you excited about that your your kids watch? My kids don't give a shit about any cartoon I'm on. If I'm on it, it's almost a repellent. Isn't that uh, funny? Isn't That's that really funny? weird? I know. The only show I'm on right now that they give a shit about is Kid Cosmic mm. on Netflix. They love Kid Cosmic, and thank God I got my foot in the door. Uh, <laughs> They love all my friends' cartoons. They love my friend Tara Strong. <laughs> and they love her being Raven and my little fucking pony. It's all my girlfriends. <laughs> um, yeah. That's right now they're into something about rainbows, uh, rainbow girls or something on Netflix. Okay. Rainbow. Yeah. 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 And I go, oh, you're Uncle Rainbow. And they go, no, no, it's not that. So. <laughs> They're not impressed with us. <laughs> I know. Isn't it funny? Always. I know. Fortnite and Animal Crossing. And I have nothing to do with either. So <laughs> that's... I know. It's funny. My uh, I, I have two teenage stepdaughters. And I remember when I was meeting them and uh, years and years ago. But I was on a show called The Vampire Diaries. And it had a very young audience. <laughs> Yeah. And so everyone was like, okay, well, at least you've got like an in to try to be cool with that. And that was not my in. And instead, they were like, (laughs) they were watching this mermaid show called H2O, which I knew two actresses from that show. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Obsessed. They're obsessed. And now my five year old's watching it. And I'm like, well, at least I know Aunt Claire and Aunt Phoebe. Like, at least that's my one way to be cool. And even like at the wedding, they were both there and the girls were just like, oh, my gosh, the mermaids are here. And I was like, OK, I'm in. I'm yeah. in. That's the way it is, man. Yes, it is. Oh, but no, they let, I do do. I play Beast Boy's mom and I play Beast Girl and they love Teen Titans Go. So that's oh, nice. about what, Kid Cosmic and Teen Titans Go are the way they like me. There's nice. so many different options now. It used to feel like there were a few cartoons, you know, and and options to watch, uh, Looney Tunes, you know, maybe some Disney stuff. But now, with all the streaming, there are so many different shows. I know I'm overwhelmed by just content in general. In general, animated, right. not animated, musical, whatever. Uh, there, there is a lot of a lot of content. It's a lot. <laughs> 
But you did, I think it was about a year ago, right? You directed your first Last year, I directed my first cartoon for Adult Swim called Laser Wolf. And what was that transition like for you to become, to go from a performer to a director? Was it easy and similar or hard? So scared. I was so scared, but it's just death of a thousand anticipations. You know, I was just scared about what I assumed it would be. But I spent time with Charlie Adler and I hung out, you know, I talked to Andrea Romano and my my friends that uh, Lisa Schaefer I shadowed. I, I just did a little bit of shadowing and then was shocked at how comfortable I felt in that mm. direction. Oh my God. And now I have a complete a secondary love affair going on with directing. I just directed my second cartoon, which is a black sci-fi post-apocalyptic love story uh, called XB Live for Sci-Fi Channel that I'm very excited about. And there's a, more directing coming up that, of course, I'm uh, NDA'd up to my ass. I can't say anything. Right. But there's, <laughs> there's more good stuff coming. And oh. I just really look forward to how many more cartoons I can direct. I can't wait. Yeah. And stories you can choose to tell and tell them how I you love want it, man. them told. God. I, yeah. I mean, this is just uh, a natural progression and one I'm really embracing. I also want to talk about your on-screen acting. Um, obviously, you worked on A Different World. And then now, all these years later, you're working on a show that we both love, Better <laughs> Things, with your friend Pamela Adlon. Love that show. And was that a conscious decision that you kind of took a break from on-screen acting for a while? Or are you? do you love it again now that you're even just dipping your toes back into it? I love it, it more than I did before. Mm. You know, I was... I really, I I guess it was a conscious decision to step aside. And when I left Different World, I had a record deal on Capitol and I went on tour with Fishbone for a couple of years. And with, I was on a rock, in a black rock band on Capitol. And then I became after that, a solo artist on Sony Mm -hmm. and uh, made a record with Lenny Kravitz and toured with him for, I guess, almost a year. And, uh, and then I quickly uh, became knocked up and started having babies in my 40s. Not with Lenny Kravitz. Not with Lenny we'll Kravitz. We'll specify no. <laughs> for our <laughs> listeners who don't know. <laughs> he is my brother. That would be very interesting. Um, but I, I was doing that. And then I remember getting the call to come read for better things. And I didn't mm. want to do it because I felt so flabby and out of shape. And, and, uh, I remember getting a call from Flea, the casting director, and she said, Pam's making me come in on the fucking weekend, so you better read this goddamn And I was like, fuck. You know, like one of the, I was like, no, oh, God, right. I can't do it. Because I just felt so out of shape, and not, not literally, but uh, I just felt like my axe was dull. Mm. And what was I doing going in there? You know, I think I even had a hot flash right in the middle of the taping, and it was probably one of the worst auditions I've ever done. And then I got it. So (laughs) it was very lucky. And I think if we're going to be honest, ladies, I'd say there was a mountain of nepotism in this one, too. (laughs) Thank God for that friendship and thank God for that opportunity, because 
it made me want to sharpen my axe. Mm. Yeah. Now, I, I am so deeply committed and so in love with on-camera acting again. Mm. It's like a renewal of a love affair. Wow. And I love working on better things. It is such an important show. It is an important show. And you were writing on that show as well, right? In the writer in the writer's room. And so what is that like to be in the writer's room and then also be on camera and be creating these stories, but then also telling them? It's crazy. I mean, I'm, a, I'm green again. I'm a baby again. I'm learning. Of, mm-hmm. I'm starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's a skill too, you know, mm-hmm. be, uh, being in a place where you say, oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. And I love it. I think there's something really fantastic about, I, I don't know, this is maybe off topic, but there's something about being in your 50s and starting something anew. I don't really have much to prove. Mm. And I like learning and I don't mind not knowing anything. So it's pretty delightful. We've talked about that a lot on this podcast. Um how kind of an ongoing theme we've discovered is uh, even talking to a lot of women in their specifically in their mid 30s who have complete career shifts who are in the middle who find a door closing then all of a sudden like a whole bunch of windows opening being like well I don't know what I'm doing and this is a whole new chapter and we talked spoke with a banker who ended up climbing Everest and completely had a life change, you know, later on in life. And and so I feel like that is something that is it is it's a nice realization when you get to a point in your life where you're like, oh, no, I get to lean into this curiosity. I get to lean into, you know, something that I that is uncomfortable or that I don't know about because now I get to discover it for myself and learn more about myself through that process, as opposed to, you know, when you can find yourself in your, I think, late teens or especially in your 20s of like, okay, what can I prove? How can I climb up this mountain? As opposed to like, no, what doors can I open? And what rooms can I live in for a while? And that there's more spaces to inhabit. Well, I think you're right. I mean, I know in, in my 30s, I definitely had a lot to prove. And when you're proving, you're not learning. Oh, wow. That's proving. And it's hard to attain any knowledge at that time because you're too busy showing everybody all the things you know. Yeah. And that is a very precarious, anxiety-ridden, tough platform. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They show everybody how talented I am and how amazing I am. And and it's just a tough, well, one, it's tough to sustain. And, and, um, and it's just, you know, you just any minute now you're going to get found out. Someone's going to find out that you really don't fucking know anything. You know, I I remember my thirties were very dangerous that way. Just trying to, trying to appear as though I know what the fuck I'm doing and desperately afraid that someone was going to call me out and you know there was something about 20 more years Mm. you know that then you just get to the place you're like oh my god i was trying to show everybody that i knew everything it's so much more fun not to (laughs) it's so much more fun to walk into the room and say what are we doing and let's Uh tell you and learn something. I'm learning so much more now that I don't have anything to prove. It's dangerous. It's beautiful. I mean, it's been dangerous for me. You know what I mean? That yeah. time, that 
that is just dangerous. And I do think that's a kind of something that happens in your thirties and late twenties mm-hmm. is the, mm-hmm. the, the, the unmitigated gall to think you figured something out, you know? <laughs> It's so beautiful to hear you say that in your 50s, you can't, you have that freedom. It's almost like you just let go. Go, fuck it. I I don't have to be the expert in this room. I can actually say, well, how does that work? What is that? Mm -hmm. How do we do that? Mm -hmm. It's so much more fun. I love it. I love it. And also just even as an actor, especially as an on-camera actor, I remember always thinking I was going to get found out that someone was going to realize I wasn't very talented. And now I just love taking direction and what am I going to learn from this gig? What am I going to learn from that gig? And Mm. Oh, it's wonderful. Being green is fantastic. Wow. (laughs) It really is. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. back i also just i know you mentioned nepotism again but i think it's like a creative beautiful friendship that you and pamela have and and you know what does that mean to be in and i would say in any industry you know but um but in the entertainment industry as well and having other women that you look to to encourage creativity and to you know to go through the journey with right Listen, I get by with a little help from my friends. Even, you know, we're talking about uh, Lenny Kravitz. Uh, That, he ended up producing my record, Street Fairy, because of my friend Lisa Bonet, Mm -hmm. who was divorced from him at the time, actually quite a contentious divorce at the time, and still said, hey, I need you to listen to Cree's demo. It's fucking amazing. I think you should produce it. And then it happened. Mm -hmm. So I've always gotten by and gotten high with a little help from my friends. Oh, <laughs> um, thank God for my sisters. You know, they have always helped me. Even, even becoming a director was um, Amber, Na- uh, Amber Nashe was a, a black casting agent, and a bunch of people were sitting around talking about we should get a black chick to direct, and no one could think of anybody. And someone said maybe Chris Summer. It's mm. always been a helping hand, you know. I you, you just have to be, just stay in the gratitude and yeah, and, and help people out too. Mm-hmm. There's always an opportunity to tithe. 
it does come back to you. That's the truth. You know, there's always an opportunity to recommend somebody or say something nice. Right. Yeah. This is so um, inspiring. Thank you. Truly. Oh. <laughs> that you, you are full of wisdom. Oh, yes. no, I'm full of something. I'll say that. <laughs> and this room is just emphasizing. It. <laughs> <laughs> No, but it it is really, um, it is beautiful to see. I mean, because Kayla and I met, um, really grew our friendship from working on a show together. And then here we are now 12 years later. And and, uh, it's just so wonderful to see. That's right. And also, you know, taking it a step further and giving each other permission to fail and admit failure and to say like, hey, guess what? We don't have it all figured out. Let's talk to people who we know and love, people who we don't know and love, and then learn from them and like take it. So I feel like, you know, everything you just said is something we're trying to embody and embodying as we continue to learn in life and be doing it together. And there's something so powerful about that. Look, my 84 year old mother booked a gig today. Right. She's going to be on, so amazing. Can you tell us what it is? On the Titans. Like she's going to be on a kick ass show, you know, Uh. That's amazing. Oh, my dad, my dad, when we went to live on the Indian reservation, I mean, he was at the height of his career. He dropped out of society at the height of his career. And he just felt at that time acting was not serving his soul and his highest good. But when we got to the Indian reservation, he started putting on a show called The Insanity of One Man in a Barn. And it was for the same audience every week. My mother would tap. He'd play his auto harp, oh. show slides, read poetry. So the art doesn't stop just because nobody sees it. The artist doesn't cease to exist because they're not on the cover of Us magazine. You're still creating your art. And if it's pure, if you do it because it's love of your life, right? Who the fuck cares if it's seen or not? It doesn't mm. diminish it. And I remember he used to say to me, oh, Cree, I just need one more big failure and I'll be a huge success. Oh. <laughs> I think what he meant by that is you just keep on trucking, right? right. They mm. say, you keep on trucking. You just keep going. Fall on your face, take a dump, leave a standing steamer. Everyone in the room says you stunk it up. Go back again the next day. Yeah. Stink yeah. it up again. If you can stink it up once, you can stink it up again. <laughs> and eventually, you'll go in there and you won't take a dump. But you might have to drop a few, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you might go the room and they'll go, oh, my God, who thought Cree Summer was going to be good for this? She was awful. She's awful. Who said she was so great? Right? Right. I'll get them next month. I'll get them next year. Yeah. I'll get them next time. But that's I have to think of it. It's just fun. And, and, you know, now I'm starting, the older I get even, I do auditions and I say, I'm going to play this part today. And I go do the audition and I do it like I'm doing the gig. And then I drive (laughs) home and the gig's over. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I, I love just referencing even your father. It wasn't serving me anymore in my soul. And that, and it is, especially when you want to be an artist, you have to remember why and your why your why are you going to that audition why are you performing why are you writing why are you singing all of those things your why real artists know why 
because I got no fucking choice. You right. Because <laughs> you have to. Yeah. I'm 51 and I can't spell. I have to be an actress. <laughs> Well, now you're in the writer's room, so. Oh, they know I can't spell. (laughs) (laughs) They don't expect me to spell. Thank the goddess. (laughs) I'm not there for my spelling. (laughs) Well, I have an idea. We all know why you are there. And it is your great talents, your huge heart, and your willingness to just create these beautiful characters that come from a place of joy and vulnerability and mm-hmm. Cree, thank you so much for joining us oh, today yeah. listen any friend of katie's is a friend yeah. of mine. <laughs> for one last final question for those who are listening who just feel that tingling artistic sensation that they know they're one of us they're gonna yes. keep they're they've got to oh do this God, they're one they've of gotta us. do this um, <laughs> oh we, have, we have so many young impressionable oh. listeners what last little snippet of advice can you give them oh. for joining our tribe of creative oh, artists if you're going to be an artist you have to be yourself yeah. unabashedly uh, aggressively mm-hmm. like and especially you have to be yourself when it's inconvenient <laughs> when it's so much easier to just pretend to be like that chick or that chick or just do it like that chick it won't work it just won't work you will become a success being yourself and only yourself <sighs> damn it we love you. This is such a fantastic episode. Cree, for the, our listeners that want to find you on social media, where yeah. can they find you? Everything is I am Cree Summer. Everything. Love it. Everything. We'll have those in our show notes too. Cree, you are phenomenal. Thank you for joining oh, us. Ladies, it's been an Thank episode. you. Oh my God. Oh. <laughs> I love her. I love that her. That was so good. I don't know wow. why I'm crying. I'm like crying uh, right now. <laughs> like, I don't know what's wrong with She's me. just so full of love and life and like, you know, friendship. And she's everything we all want and need, especially in this entertainment industry that feels so brutal. She's everything we all want to be. I love, I, I mean, she is what we should all aspire to be, right? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm still recording, by the way. You can Me leave too. this in. I don't know why I'm crying so hard. <laughs> oh, she's so moving. She's just I, everything. Yeah. I, I think it's like, Haley, you and I were at lunch yesterday and just, and just in talking about just how it's just the weight of constantly trying to like... The idea of like proving to people what you're doing and what you're worth and what your purpose is. And and then also like your identity is like a mother and and wanting to have like a role outside of that. But mm-hmm. then like feeling like, OK, I don't want to just be like in this box as a mother. But then I also don't want to just be this box out here where everyone has this opinion of who I am and what I'm capable of and what that means and judgment. And and just I don't know why it just felt like such a release just hearing like you just have to be unabashedly like yourself and 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 it's true and like why is that still so scary it you know 
I'll tell you why. Three years old. I'll tell you why. It's because every time, as a performer, as an artist, any time we go into a room, we're told what's wrong with us, and so uh, I, we're uh, gonna say, "Oh, then I probably need to change and be this and that." We're always our feedback is always, "Oh, well, they went with someone else because they needed more, whatever, fill in the blank." It's different every time, and that's why. So for her to just give everyone all of us permission to be ourselves and own it is so powerful because it's just then yeah you start changing yourself so much to try to be what they want you to be until you don't even recognize yourself anymore and not even just in this industry i think just like as a placeholder in society you know it's just like right I hope Cree is listening to this Cree we love you we are so honored to have interviewed you that was what we all needed clearly. Yeah. I literally had talked to my therapist about like, I'm having trouble crying. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I need like a release. I don't know what's, I don't know if it's like my hormones. I don't know if like I've had like some personal stuff going on. So I've just like not been able, I've just been like holding it together because if I feel it, it'll all just hurt too much. And Mm. it's like, who would have thought that I just needed to hear like, it's okay. Like you lean into being yourself. Like you have to, fearlessly just be who you are to be just do that <laughs> like it's just I don't know why I don't know why like that moment for talking just like uh, like chiseled open good very big wall that I've kind of been holding up yeah yeah well and that's why we started this podcast is to kind of have these moments too and to, she just gave us permission to do it <laughs> yeah yeah. I mean, I guess this is our, this is our, I mean, this is how we end the episode. We uh, hope you guys feel as honored to have been a part of this conversation as we did. I mean, I think Cree is just an exceptional human that we can all aspire to be. Like, we have another great episode coming up and we'll see you next week. Directionally Challenged is a production of Pineapple Productions. Producer, Melissa DeMonts. Edited by Katrina Henning. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. Music by Joe King. And advertising partnership with Acast.